Hello and welcome. You've tuned in to the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. That takes us to verse 20. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Here, he's saying that this is the kind of faith, the mind that is not only enlightened, but the heart that's affected, the heart that's been affected with joy, that life has reformed, or life has been renewed, that new life within, it means that we're going to live in a greater way. You know, over and over, the, the New Testament talks about the life that comes from knowing Christ. Therefore, in this sense, it's so easy to get caught up in the common things of this world. It's so easy to get drawn away from the pollutions of this world. It's so easy to forget that many times we get drawn away by the worldly things, the temptations of this world, those objects that would take our attention away and we could become like this man that's speaking to James that says, just go and be well, be fed. I hope somebody helps you. He doesn't stand up. He forgets what Christ has done. He forgets that he has really come to that place where he's so different. And so now he's pulling all of this together. He's pulling what has much been said in Hebrews and some in Second Peter. And he affirms this in verse 20. He says, oh, foolish man. Some translations say, oh, vain man. It's oh, empty. Literally, it means empty-headed. Literally, oh, empty-headed man. Will you know, or are you willing to recognize this empty-headed man that faith without works is dead? So he uses a different word here for dead than he used before, than he used in verse 17. He uses the word arg, it means fruitless. It means a tree that does not bear any kind of fruit. You're destitute as a dead tree, a dead corpse. You're nothing better than dead seed, a dead nerve, a dead engine, dead anything. <laughs> James says, if you had dead faith, then it profits absolutely nothing. Dead faith, shallow conviction, false compassion, empty confessions. In Acts chapter 8, remember, Philip comes into Samaria and he's preaching the gospel. Many people here, many people come, and there's a man, it says in, in chapter 6, goes back in a little bit in chapter 6 and verse 9, there was a certain man listening, his name was Simon. He previously had used magic and sorcery to bewitch the people of Samaria, passing on that he himself was of some great one. They were all giving heed to him from the least to the greatest, saying, This is the great power of God. That's speaking of Philip. And to him they had regard because he had for a long time bewitched them with sorcery. So now it's back about Simon. But when they believed Philip's preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. 
So here is a revival that's going on. Here's a great happening that's happening going on in Samaria. People are really coming to Christ. Verse 13, it says, Then Simon himself believed. He believed and was baptized and continued with Philip. So he looked good, didn't he? It says that he believed. It says that he was baptized and that he continues on fellowshipping with the people. And then verse 15 says they prayed for the, eight, chapter 8, 15, they prayed for the people who heard the word and believed to receive the Holy Spirit for as yet the Holy Spirit had not fallen on them. Here's another development of the church. That's what Christ gave in the Great Commission, that they should wait in Jerusalem and then into Samaria and then to the uttermost parts of the world. There are three times we have a, a Pentecost-like expression because the Holy Spirit was given now in a very different way. Verse 17, they laid their hands on them. The apostles did. They received the Holy Spirit. So when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit was given... By the way, there are many, many miracles that are going on. They're speaking in other languages, foreign languages. There may have been other supernatural phenomena that was going on, and they recognized that the Holy Spirit had come. And when he saw that through the laying on of hands, the power of the Spirit was given, he offered them money. And he said, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. I'll pay you for this. I, I want this magic. I, I really want to bring it. I'll pay you. Peter said to him, Your money perish with you. <laughs> In other words, Peter is telling him, You're going to perish. Your money perish with you because the thought that the gift of God can be purchased with money. You've neither part nor lot in this matter. Simon's heart wasn't right in the sight of God. He was baptized. He continued. He, he believed. He was amazed. But he was hell bound, it says. He would perish with his money. No part in this. Your money perish with you. And then he calls the attitude of true faith in verse 22. And what's the word? Repent for this thy wickedness and pray to God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Because I perceive that you are all in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage to iniquity. You're bound in sin still. So you see there are those that might be orthodox and their heart far from God. Their heart far away. And so we've got to look at and consider ourselves in our, in our life. Do we live by our convictions? Do people see Christ in us? Do they see our life being played out? Or are we bound by the things of this world that we just have fallen in love with? That's what happened with Simon. He had fallen in love with the things of this world. And Peter says, you'll perish with your money. He says it very strongly, actually. You're going to a demon's hell, but you can repent. You can change. Brethren, it's a wonderful time. And I'm glad that more and more are coming back to church because it's easy to get lulled into this world and back into the old way of things and just get comfortable 
But it's time that we live by our convictions. It's time that we stand up and we do what's right. And that people see, wait a minute, there's something different in that person. And when they ask you, what is it in your life? Why is it that your language isn't the same as everyone else? Why is it that your life is different than someone else's? You can say it's because of Jesus Christ, who is the only way of my salvation. You see, as we're going to close out, people want to see our life in Christ. They want to see you living for Christ. They want to see the power of God in your life. They want to see it lived out. No one wants an empty faith. There's lots of empty faith, lots of empty profession, lots of words. They want to see conviction. Would you give your life? I believe that we are coming into a time, whether we see it or not, I don't know, but it's coming near that Christ is coming. And I've read what goes on before the coming of Christ. And the days are evil. The days are difficult. And if you're not thinking, well, it's not gotten bad enough yet. Well, it's going to keep getting worse. And things will try you more and more. And you've got to come back to that thing. Is my faith alive? Is it real? Am I living by my convictions? that if they called on me to give my life for Christ, I've determined that's what I'll do. Brethren, I have to tell you that in this message, I've done a lot of soul searching. I've had to really look because sometimes it just gets comfortable in this world. This world will lull you to sleep. It'll lull you away. And I've had to say, what am I doing for the Lord? Is my life Somebody were to say, we're going to try to convict you for being a Christian. Would my life show anything different? There have been people impacted. Have there been lives changed? I've really had to do some self-examination. I've really had to look. Is God being shown? Is there fruit in my life? I hope that you'll ask yourself that same. That you ask, can people say yes they've seen we closed out a couple weeks ago talking about that missionary that had gone into the land and he asked if the people had ever heard the gospel and of course they said no i've seen it i've seen the gospel can someone that knows you say i've seen the gospel in their life i've seen the power of god working in them i've seen that changed life and what happens as a result how about it Thank you for joining us today and we hope you enjoyed the message. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions or perhaps you have questions of a different topic, let us know. Our information is given on the website or you can reach us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. The angel upon the tombstone said he is risen just as he said.